Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And we're talking about faith and what it is, how it works. And it's it's not a hard subject if you just do your searching of the Scripture. It's so amazingly simple. Uh, I want to take you to the book of Romans chapter 8, verse 32. I'm reading from 26 translations. This is one of my favorite verses because it so shows us so much of the heart of our loving Heavenly Father. Uh, he that spared not His own Son, but gave Him up for us all. And with this gift, how can He fail to lavish upon us all He has to give? Hmm. You know, the sacrifice of Jesus Christ by the Father is the greatest statement of generosity that could ever be made. And uh, I, I say this because uh, God made the decision to give Christ as the sacrifice. Christ agreed to come. The Holy Spirit agreed to... Man, you have to understand this. The love that each member of the Trinity has for each other. It, it, it's an incredible love. And the Holy Spirit is there at Golgotha just with His hands behind His back. He can't do anything. He has to watch. He has, he's, he's there all around it. He has to watch as Jesus is suffering and the Father sees it. And, and they, they have great love for each other and yet that love was so great that he permitted the death of Christ to happen because he loved us and he wanted us to come into his family. He wanted us to be free from the curse of sin and death. And he wanted us because we had a choice. We could have chosen sin. That's why God gave man the opportunity to sin when he created him in the Garden of Eden. God didn't want a robot. God didn't want to create a being who had no choice but to follow him. God wanted that being to have every possible uh, a choice to either reject him or receive him. And, and we chose him. If you're watching this right now, I believe it's because you chose him. Now, the sacrifice of Christ then is a great statement of generosity. It reveals his heart toward his children. He, how can he fail to lavish upon us all that he has to give? Now, of course, there are priorities in God's gifts. Faith and love and hope, integrity, character. All those things are more important than stuff, okay? So this is not about how you can get stuff. But then on the other hand, um, only a religious spirit demands that we choose between the two. And, and there are a lot of people out there in the body of Christ today who have this idea that God does not care for anything else in your life other than spiritual things. And that's not true. That, that You don't see that in the Word of God. What we see in the Word of God is that God doesn't want us to put the stuff ahead of our relationship with Him. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew. He said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. In other words, He's saying there's a priority. You don't follow God to learn how to get stuff. You follow God because you love a relationship with Him. But once you get priorities set in your life, God can open up and trust you with many blessings that will not jade you, ruin you, or change you. Now, religious spirit says God's only interested in spiritual things. You know, 
I'm going to give you one Bible story that totally shoots that idea down. It's the very first miracle of Jesus. You know, there's a law of interpretation in the Bible. It's called the law of first mention. Well, the first miracle that Jesus worked was turning water into wine at a wedding. Now, you tell me that God is not interested in social things and things of the home or the relationship between a man and a woman. You tell me that God's not interested in that. Why then did Jesus do his first miracle at a wedding turning water into wine? It wasn't communion at a church. It wasn't uh, something at a synagogue. It was a wedding feast where he did his first miracle. And that says something to us about the character of God and how much he cares about every part of our lives. God created this world on three dimensions. There is the spiritual dimension, there is the mental emotional dimension, and the physical dimension, and God cares about them all. God's not just interested in the spiritual dimension. Of course, we know that. We know that if we see somebody who's starving, who's hungry, how does the love of God dwell in us if we don't meet the physical need. We don't help them with their food. Well, you know, a lot of people would go with the spiritual and the physical, but never with the important middle, the, the soulish, emotional part. God's interested in all three. You know, I was a part of a great youth revival in America back in the mid-90s, and uh, God actually used our church and some things we did in our youth group to spearhead a movement all over the body of Christ. We called our youth ministry 180, and not every church necessarily used the name, but they followed the concept, and it had a huge impact, and so much so that we were featured on national CBS and ABC programs to talk about what we had done. We had 3,000 teenagers at times on Wednesday nights. 2,000 was a, was a low night, and 3,000 was pretty common. And so here's what made 180 work. I saw something about teenagers, and I realized they care most about their social needs. Will I have a friend? Will I have a boyfriend? Will I have a girlfriend? Who can I be around? I am lonely. Now, this is before the advent of the cell phone. And so I said, you know, if we will show interest in the social needs of young people, I believe it will open a door for us to talk to them about their spiritual needs. And that's exactly what happened. And so 180 was both an outreach to social need, but at the same time we preached the Word of God. And it had a big impact on the uh, spiritual lives of so many young people. And it spread all over America. Now, what God wants to do is He wants to touch every part of our being. So how then do I know what I can ask for? How can I be sure that what I am asking is the will of God? How can I establish priorities? Well, first of all, we put spiritual things first. Uh, uh, best way for me to do this is just tell you a story. God in 1976 spoke to me that we, my wife and I, would be coming to Tulsa, Oklahoma. And he told me that we would come here and eventually pastor a church. Now, that didn't happen in the beginning, but he told us that we were going to come to Tulsa. The door opened up for us to come. God put me in touch with a man here in Tulsa who was starting a church. I knew that I was supposed to start, be a part of it with him. I knew that. 
I came to Tulsa by faith. In other words, I did not ask him for a salary guarantee. I didn't do that. We never discussed the money side. Now, that may be foolish on some occasions. In that, in that case, it was very important that I not do it. So we came, and he said, because you came in faith, I'm going to treat you better than had you insisted on a certain amount. And he did. And so we came to Tulsa without a salary guarantee. Once we got here, the Holy Spirit, maybe two months in, spoke to my heart and said, I want you to give me the money that you have coming from the sale of your home in Texas. Now, we had about $5,000 coming from the sale of our little house in, in, in uh, Plainview, Texas. And God told me to give it away. I said, Lord, I will do that provided you speak to my wife too, because this is her house more than it's mine. I mean, the, the home means so much to her. And it was her grandmother who loaned us the money to get that house in the first place. And so uh, we'll never get another uh, block of money for a down payment if, if, if I give this up. You've got to speak to her. So I waited about a week. And then when I felt her clearance, I went and talked to my wife. She started crying the minute I started talking to her before I ever told her what it was about. And God had told her the very same thing he told me. So the two of us agreed in prayer that we would give up that $5,000 the minute that our deal closed. We hadn't closed yet, so as soon as it closed and we got the check, we we're going to turn around and give that money away. We had several places we we're going to put it. Now, uh, <clears throat> a couple of real estate agents came by, and they asked if, if we wanted to look at houses. Well, I wasn't home. My wife said, sure, we'll go looking. And I could tell she had hope for a house right away. I was one of those people who believed that God moved, but he moved awfully slow. But she wasn't that way. She was ready to see a house come rather quickly. So I went with her and those realtors, but I humored her. I was not going because I expected something to happen. But you know what happened? One of the houses we walked in, the Spirit of God spoke to me and said, this is your house. You can have this house. And I thought, but Lord, is this a test? Because you told me to give up the money. And, and we don't have the money to put this house in under contract. So I told the realtor, I said, listen, I, we'd love to have this house. I, I got to tell you something. We, we have money coming from Texas, but the Lord told me to give that money away. And I've given that money away. My wife and I have made the decision to give that money away the minute it comes in. And he says, well, do you think you can have $500 in 30 days? I said, yes, I think so. He said, then I'll take a post-dated check. So we put the house under contract. And I had 45 days to come up with about $3,000 or so. And uh, that's what we would need to close the house. And we also needed a couple of thousand more just to fix the house up. It needed some work. So here we are believing God for the money. And I told my wife, I've never had an easier time trusting God. This is amazing. We're going to get that money. And sure enough, the money came from Texas. We turned around, wrote the checks, gave it away, just like God had told us to do. But it didn't bother me. I had an assurance. I knew in my heart we had the money. And about a week before we absolutely had to have the money to close, 
we received a check for a meeting I did, and I was not expecting this amount. Uh, I had done a camp meeting ministering to kids. They gave me $5,000, and it was enough for us to get that first home here in Tulsa. Now, God was building our faith. But you know, i got to say this. When the check came, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised at all because I knew the whole time God's going to do something. And He had told me, put this house in a contract and watch me work. And He did. So we weren't surprised. When you're surprised by an answer to prayer, it's because you really didn't expect it to come. And so when you have faith, you have genuine faith, you're not surprised when that answer comes. I wasn't surprised. And this is what I told the Lord. I said, you know what? Even if you don't come through and we don't get the money, I want to know if that voice that spoke to me that said, give the money away, and I want to know about the voice that said, put this house under contract. I want to know if that's the Holy Spirit or not. So I will lose the 500 bucks if I have to, just to find that out. Well, fortunately, I didn't lose the 500 bucks. God was preparing us for the future. I, I didn't realize. He told me at the time, but I didn't realize how big it was going to be. He said, this won't be the first time you do this. And it, and it wasn't. It hasn't been. We have bought so much real estate over the years. I mean, our church has 325 acres. We, we didn't buy all of that at once. We had a, a youth camp uh, out on Lake Hudson called Dry Gulch USA. We've lived in a number of different houses. Our kids have lived in houses. They have believed God. We've used what we learned in that first story. And it has blessed our lives abundantly. I've learned so much from that. And so it was God giving us a test. And here's the test. I want to know, are you going to put me first? Are you all about the money? I'm going to test you. Will you give me that money? So yeah, we said, Lord, we'll give you the money. Now, I can't say that God tells everybody to do that, but that's what he told us to do. And the two of us agreed in prayer. And that's so important. Now, wife, don't go giving away the money if your husband's not in agreement. The two of you need to get into agreement. You, you get in agreement about what you're going to believe God for. But my wife and I were in agreement about that money we had coming from the sale of our home. And when we gave that money, even in our hearts, before we ever had the money in our account to write the check, even in our hearts, we had the assurance God is going to do something amazing. I told my wife, I said, I can make a bad confession every day for 45 days and we're still going to get the money. And we did. And I did not make the bad confession. But I, it wasn't me making it happen with, oh, just nervously trusting God. Didn't have to. I had an amazing faith because we had put first things first. So when you walk with God in faith, understand this. It is first about relationship. It's about your relationship with Him. You get that worked out and solidified. You'll be blown away at what else God can trust you with in the other areas of life. Now, I've got more to say about this. We'll get into it again tomorrow. Don't want to miss this. It's going to be very good. And then uh, next week, I've got five more lessons on the subject of faith that you're not going to want to miss. So be sure to sign up for the email that comes to your home every day. You can go to MyFaithRoots.com and sign up there. And if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to this channel and share it. Let somebody know that uh, you like what you're hearing. You can help me spread the word. Thank you very much. I'll see you tomorrow.